If you like the podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and follow to get the latest on the Warriors every day. If you really like the podcast, please leave a review or tell a friend. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and you'll get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's Locked On Warriors on a Monday. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Warriors News. Uh, I'm not going to get to the fake trade of the day until the last segment because we just have so much to get to, including yesterday's big win over the Jazz and Clay Thompson's first public interview since tearing his Achilles. But I want to start with this email from uh, Peter Hood, who writes in, Love your work, but on playing or not playing Wiseman, a contrary opinion. Miss a practice, miss a game has been used in sports forever. It's a simple workplace thing. This is part of your job, and if you don't do it, there will be consequences. So some argue if Kerr was to punish Wiseman, he should have suspended him for the entire game. Miss a COVID test? If Wiseman missed a COVID test and it did not cause him to miss a game or a practice, it's safe to assume that he would not have been uh, penalized with a loss of game time. A talking to, yes, but no on-court penalty. So some argue that Kerr should not have punished Wiseman. One side, suspend the whole game. Another side, no game suspension. Is it too unreasonable to assume that Kerr just threaded the needle here and that he needed to make a point but took into account that Wiseman missed practice inadvertently and unintentionally, so he tempered the suspension accordingly? Look, you may have inadvertently and unintentionally forgot to turn off the stove, but the house could still burn down. Professional basketball is still a job, and as a society, we continue to get in trouble by assigning a different set of rules for collegiate and professional athletes because winning is more important. Also, Wiseman didn't just miss any practice. He missed the most consequential practice for him for the entire year. We knew Kerr was going to flip the script on the second unit, but who saw Nico and Poole paired together? You might disagree with that pairing, but now we know why Kerr was going to try it, to put two ball handlers slash distributors on the court at the same time with Wiseman in order to get Wiseman more involved in the offense. Everyone has been hounding Kerr to involve Wiseman more. He commits to Nico Poole, which he would tell you is not the best backup uh, guard unit, but Kerr is making that sacrifice all in order to advance Wiseman's growth on the offensive side, and Wiseman missed that practice, a practice that had him as the focal point entering the second half of the season after three straight losses. Bro, why has the media made such a big deal about this mild disciplinary action? Why does the media treat Wiseman like he's a fragile little baby? If Draymond yells at him, the sports media goes into panic mode. We all knew how critical that practice was, and somewhat against his normal coaching tendencies, Kerr was going out of his way to insert an inferior backup guard unit in order to aid Wiseman in his development, and Wiseman is a no-show. We can't let our ideas about the importance of winning in sports change what we would otherwise be right or wrong. This event was a minor issue, but the scandals in sports, Penn State, Michigan State, need I say more, are all powered by the same lame excuse, winning at all costs. Whether Wiseman missed a cuss or a, co- a bus or a COVID test, excuse me, the end result was he missed practice. In layman's terms, he didn't show up to work. In real life, there are consequences. So my question to you, who I am still a big fan of, is what excuse gives Wiseman the right to be treated differently than anyone else in this case? If the answer is because in order for the Warriors to win, they need to develop Wiseman, so his time on the court is critical, then you are making the same mistake we all make in sports. Treating winning in sports as something that is not subject to the same rules and morals that all members of society in regular jobs must adhere to. Sports is a game. 
It is also real life for those people in it. It's a job and people make mistakes. Wiseman made a mistake. Kerr dished out a reasonable disciplinary action. James took it. And now we should all move on. I just don't see the problem. And I would be more interested as a fan of media and sports writers if we were engaged in conversations like what does it mean for Kerr to commit to Nico and Poole and how can it affect Wiseman's play moving forward, which is a real interesting discussion, rather than 48 hours in the media of Kerr shouldn't have benched him, Kerr should have benched him the whole game ad nauseum. Keep up the great work and the podcast. Just one fan's humble five cents. Peter. Uh, love that email. Very well thought uh, and, and, and made some good points that I had been considering when trying to come up with my own conclusions about how I thought about the whole Wiseman situation. I still don't know if benching him was the right move. Uh, Draymond Green came out and said that he wouldn't have done it. Steph Curry didn't seem all that enthusiastic about the decision, though he would never go as far as Draymond Green saying he just flatly would not do it. Um, but that's in the past now, right? And I, don't, I think there's a lot of good points here to be taken in, into consideration. But if we do want to talk about the Nico Mannion and Jordan Poole backup uh, guard unit, well, then let's talk about that because that group was really impressive in yesterday's win over the Jazz. Uh, you had Jordan Poole leading the bench unit in scoring. You had Nico Mannion finally keeping turnovers down, had a, had a couple of really nice flashes um, in transition there. Uh, and I thought both of them with James Wiseman, with a pick and roll, um, you know, basis for that bench group, was really strong. Was really strong, and so they actually came in, did not relinquish the lead. It wasn't the eleven point, thirteen point swing it was uh, that that first game back against the Clippers. And if anything, that group kept uh, maintained the lead, kept the Warriors um, in it. And, and I thought, kind of decided the game because the way that that starting unit was playing, and that starting group has played, on balance this season, really well. They are st- that starting group is still outscoring opponents, right? And the Jazz are really good, and it's one of the best starting groups, and, one, and it is the best team record-wise in the league. But I think the Warriors starters could still, you know, with, with the talent that they have, Steph Curry being the best player on the floor, you assume that they could still get a jump on even a team like the Jazz, especially with given how many days off they had um, and how motivated they were to get off to a fast start in particular. So I think that was almost weirdly expected. But what was not expected was that second unit being able to push the lead and to be able to maintain the lead and ultimately win that game because the Jazz have a ton of depth. They've got eight or nine rotation-level, playoff-caliber-type players. Um, And that has not been the situation for the Warriors this season. So I thought Nico Mannion, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, and then along with Juan Toscano-Anderson, Andrew Wiggins did a really nice job in that second unit. I like what that second unit looks like. And I, I, like, its, I like the ability for James Wiseman to get out there and, and play some meaningful and impactful minutes. And then at the end of the game, Jordan Poole played so well at the beginning of the game that he actually closed the game for the most part um, against Utah. Hit a big three-pointer late in the game that spurred a big run by the Warriors that gave them a 10-point lead again after the Jazz had cut the lead, I believe, to one or two points uh, midway through the fourth quarter. And so, um, you know, just a really impressive overall effort by the Warriors. Obviously, Steph Curry had a big game. Andrew Wiggins had a season high uh, for the Warriors. And then, and then, like I said, Jordan Poole, Nico Manny, and James Wiseman. That was big. And, and after the game, 
You know, Steve Kerr talked about what Jordan Poole can give them to close games, and that's somebody who can make shots and play make. And it looks like going forward that Steve Kerr has four guys kind of penciled into that closing group. Steph, Draymond, Wiggins, Oubre. That fifth player is going to be a little flexible depending on the matchup. Right? You can go with Eric Paschal in certain lineups. You can go with Kevon Looney or James Wiseman against bigger teams. Or in a case like against Utah, you can go with Jordan Poole, who's playing so well and gives you some of that ball create uh, or, or you know playmaking, um, shot creation ability to end the game, which is something I think they needed um, against Utah's sort of swarming defense. I thought it was uh, especially important to have that kind of skill set. So overall, really strong game by the Warriors. Clay Thompson talked to us before the game. His first public comments made since tearing his Achilles. We'll talk about that next. But first, let's talk about Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and be better? There is, and if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the one and only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by, and for parents, Headspace even has the morning meditations that you could do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I love the wind-down sessions. I've been using Headspace for years in the morning, just for morning meditations, but these wind-down sessions have been really helpful. I would love to hear from you guys. I don't have kids, but for those of you that do and may use this app, for these morning meditations with kids and parents, would love to hear your feedback on that. That to me, if you can get your kid to sit down and meditate, you've got an impressive kid. So I'd love to hear if you're able to do that. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, that's a lot, and over 60 million downloads, that's even more. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash NBA. That's headspace.com slash NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Let's hear from our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time, updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine, including March Madness, starting this week. BetOnline has you covered for all the new scores and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code Locked On. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is beginning this week, and so the Locked On Podcast Network is doing a bracket challenge on ESPN.com. And if you want to join and participate, search for the Locked On Podcast Network bracket and make your submission there. So this is something the entire network is doing. But I want my listeners to lead the group. Let's go full game stop on this thing and take it over. So to be clear, I don't think you get anything if you win. It doesn't cost money to join. So let's have some fun with it. Here's what I want as many people as possible to do. When you make your submission, again, go to ESPN.com, find their bracket challenge, just search for the Locked On Podcast Network, it'll pop right up. When you make your submission, have one of the Warriors' alma maters winning the whole thing, Kansas, Villanova, or Drexel. Drexel would be really good. And take a screenshot and tweet it over to me, at WC Goldberg, and then we'll have some fun with it. Let's get as many 
uh, submissions as possible right now before tomorrow's podcast that will recap uh, tonight's game versus the Lakers. Let's get as many submissions as possible now. Remember, just have submit your bracket and have one of the Warriors' alma maters winning the whole thing. Uh, Kansas, Villanova, or Damian Lee's uh, uh, proud Drexel, whatever they are. I don't even know what their mascot is. So um, let's do that. We're going to get to our fake trade of the day in the next segment uh, because we have to get to this Clay Thompson stuff. We have to get to this Clay Thompson stuff. Uh, Clay talked with the media for the first time since tearing his Achilles, and it was a pretty enlightening conversation. First of all, Clay Thompson struck me as optimistic, which was good. Because he, he did talk about those initial stages of when he tore his Achilles and the heartbreak that there was. Saying things like he just, his heart couldn't admit it. Talking about how all of his hobbies were based on him being an athlete. If he wasn't playing basketball, he was running or biking or golfing. All these things that he could no longer do with a torn Achilles. And you can only imagine how difficult that would be. Plus, all that in the midst of a pandemic where you can't really go outside or do anything to begin with. And... Really, the only thing we could, I got into running because there was just nothing else to do. I hated running. Now I'm a runner because of I, it was like the only thing I could do to get outside during the pandemic. So I would run around the city of San Francisco. I would run from my place in Knob Hill down to the ferry building. And I would just do that twice a day just to get out of my house. So Clay, during all of that, was doing his second major rehab to a, a lower body injury. And that was going to sideline in for the season. So tough. it was really tough. Um, and he, he talked about in recent days and weeks... He went for a swim in the San Francisco Bay with a wetsuit and all these things. He's going to start doing that. He's changed the way that he trains. He, tra- he changed the way that he diets and all these things. So he feels confident that he's going to get back to that pre-two-injury version of Clay Thompson, that one that we saw in the 2019 finals, which Clay has said several times he believes he has never been playing better than he did in the 2019 finals. So here's his full quote. I'll be honest, I don't expect to come back balls to the wall 38 minutes a night, guarding the best player, running around 100 screens. I'm going to get to that point. I guarantee that. But I've talked to Rick Celebrini about it a lot. Rick Celebrini, by the way, is the uh, Warriors head trainer. Uh, It might be 20 minutes to start the season, 18 minutes, restriction. We'll see where I'm at. This is usually a 12-month process with the Achilles, and that'll that'll take me to mid-November. But I plan on being the all-NBA player that I was. I will not settle for anything less. I'm too competitive to take a relegated role. Nah, that's not me. I'm too fiery to just come out there and give you 13 a game on 20 minutes. No, I'm going to go out there, and I can't wait, man. I got all this pent-up energy. I got a lot of pent-up aggression. I just want to play basketball. When that happens, it'll be a joyous day for not only me, but for everybody, including you guys, you guys being the media. And I think he's right. I'd love to watch Clay Thompson play again. He's a joy to watch. Um... This is really this is a pretty strong sentiment from Clay Thompson. Everybody around him throughout this process has said, hey, look, if anybody could bounce back from this thing, it's Clay Thompson. And that might be true. I, I have no doubt about that. This is a guy who before these two injuries was an absolute Iron Man, right? Never missed more than a week with an injury. Um, and then you look at some of these guys who have come back recently. Kevin Durant. First and foremost, comes back from this Achilles tear. Now he's dealing with some hamstring issues right now in Brooklyn, but before that was playing at an MVP level, was in MVP consideration. Now he's not going to be, he's missed too much time to be a legit MVP player this year, but he could still play at an MVP level, if you know what I mean. And I think he will. And then you look at other players like Wesley Matthews, who have come back from Achilles strains and have had a nice career afterwards, right? Clay Thompson is much better than Wesley Matthews ever was. He's much more at the level of Kevin Durant than he is Wesley Matthews. 
and he believes that the way that he plays, he can be good into his late 30s. He mentioned a guy like Grant Hill who dealt with a bunch of ankle issues early in his career. Ankles made of glass early in his career. Still played until he's 40 years old. Clay thinks he could play until his late 30s. And the Warriors are obviously going to need that if that's going to happen. Uh, or if they're going to return to contention. And he believes that he'll be back at all-NBA level and that next season the Warriors can compete at a title type of level. Now, I have my doubts about that. But if they're ever going to get back to that level, Klay Thompson has to back this promise up and get back to where he was. And I, and I look, I feel pretty strongly. I'm, I'm pretty encouraged by not just his words, but, again, some of these other guys that have come back. It might take some time. Like he said, you know, this is a November to November injury, right? Because the season started late, didn't start until December. He got hurt in November, and, and so uh, on the day of the draft, and so this will probably take him into the next November, which could be you know about a month into the season, right? Because usually the season's going to start in October, and all indications are that the next season will start on time. So he might miss the first couple weeks, and he'll get out there, play you know, 18, 20 minutes, some minutes restriction like he mentioned early on. But if by the end of the year he can be at peak Clay Thompson level, and he might not be guarding the same way, but I don't know that they need him to guard the same way anymore. I mean, defenses just aren't as strong as they were in the past. You have guys like Andrew Wiggins under contract, who I always said was insurance for the situation in which that Clay Thompson comes back and can't pick up the toughest opponent on the other team. Now you have Andrew Wiggins to do that, and he's been doing a damn good job of it so far this season. So you have Wiggins there. All you need from Clay Thompson is to provide you something on offense so that you're not the 22nd-rate offense in the league anymore. And he's obviously going to be a boost on that end. So if you get Clay Thompson back, you get all the floor spacing, all the three-point shooting, maybe some stuff that he does in the post and, and things like that, maybe that all comes back, the mid-range stuff, all that stuff would be helpful. right? And so if he could be that by the end of next season for that playoff push, well, then you really got something there. right? He doesn't have to be that level right away. And I don't think anybody expects him to because not only is he going to be coming back, but he's going to be rusty and all these things. But if he could be that... By the end of the season, then who's to say that the Warriors can't make a run in the playoffs next year? Now, again, I think they have to make some moves, maybe some major moves, some at least significant moves between this trade deadline and next season in order to be a legitimate title contender. But the biggest part of that is getting Klay Thompson back and to the level that he was at. And it was really fun to talk with him before the game. He's just—he's such an incredible interview, such, such a great demeanor, great spirit. And like I said, it was really good to see that spirit. You, you just can't help but root for the guy. You can't help but root for him. And so many people in media and all these people, ah, I don't root for what. You're rooting for Clay Thompson. I don't care who you are. And everybody I talk to, by the way, is rooting for Clay Thompson. Nobody dislikes Clay. Nobody dislikes Clay. He's just so authentic and genuine when, when he's in these situations. Um, and and you, just, you can't help but hope that he comes back and plays at that level. Because, man, when he's going, it is so much fun to watch him play. I mean, he, is, he has literally done things on the court that we've never seen before that we've never seen before. I don't know if we'll ever see that level of Klay Thompson again, but the journey with him to see if he can get back to that, that'll be worth the ride. And that's something I'll sign up to cover, for sure. I'll get to the fake trade of the day next, but first let's talk about Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing tasting protein bar covered 100% in chocolate, and now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is time for Built Bar Madness, the bracket that we started 
last week got a great response from you guys. Uh, their sales, we got a report from their sales team. Their sales have jumped through the roof over the last week, and they want to continue pushing this thing. So what they have done today, there's no matchup like there was for most of last week. Instead, they have taken the remaining 18 flavors and reorganized them uh, into their next order of matchup. So what you could do today is go to the website, builtbar.com, drag and drop the bars into the order that you think matches the new order, right? And the seating and all that stuff that you think matches the new order. And then you can win a whole lot of money. Uh, and the only way to find out how much money and, and the new bracket is to go to builtbar.com. Remember one entry per person. And while you're there at builtbar.com, if you want to place an order, remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off on your next order at builtbar.com. Check back to see who won the next matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, how much do you really know about these potential NBA stars of tomorrow? If you want to know more, then you need to subscribe to the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, full coverage of March Madness, four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. Uh, it is time for our fake trade of the day. Welcome to uh, Dorka Palooza. Stephen A., they've been very active. They're going to continue to be active up until March 25th. No. No, I want my picks back, all of them. I want all three years of this team's future back. That's not fair. Well, you want to cry about it, Tommy? You want to make a little magic before the clock runs out on both of us? I think there'll be a lot of teams calling, uh, gauging. And believe me, Kevin, the only problem you're going to have Sound fair enough? What kind of package could they potentially get for him? Do they want to move forward with him? Baby Sapester, it's Billy. What do you think of Benefro? I can let you have him for almost nothing. Why would you do that, Billy? Because I'm amazing. Are they going to uh, you know, move off of this team and, and you know, be willing to just dive into the lottery? Or do they want to keep some of these assets around? Uh-huh. All I want is a couple of bucks and a sweetener. Move off. What the hell is there to hold on to? Door, 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 and It is time for our fake trade of the day where I go to tradenba.com to source trade ideas for the Warriors. Um, and so we got to a bunch of them last week. We're going to do this every single day between now and the deadline on March 25th. Today's fake trade comes from tradenba.com user Nick7, who proposes the following. The Warriors get Victor Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, and Daniel House Jr., the Rockets, get Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, and the Minnesota pick. Uh, so first of all, take the Minnesota pick out there. That is a non-starter for the Warriors. So let's just let's knock that out. Maybe you throw in a future first, something like that. I don't know. But let's talk about that. Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole for Victor Oladipo, P.J. Tucker, and Daniel House. Now, the rumors, everything that we're hearing from Sham Strania and, and, and other, other places— P, the, that for P.J. Tucker, Houston wants a young player or a uh, or a nice first-round pick in in exchange for P.J. Tucker. Now, I would imagine most front offices, if not all other 29 front offices around the league, will just roll their eyes at that and say, look, the guy's older, not as effective as he once was. You're not getting a, a great young player for him. You're not getting a, a top-notch first-round pick for him. 
So, but he's not in the lineup. They are not playing him. They are actively seeking and openly seeking a trade for him. So, Jordan Poole, again, we talked about how good he has been in the last couple of games. This is somebody who uh, has eight assists to zero turnovers in his first three games back since the All-Star break. Has scored in double digits in each of those games. He's playing really well right now. I don't know if that necessarily increases his trade value, but it could. And I don't know if, frankly, the Warriors would be all that motivated to to move him, but if they were able to get, you know, a really solid, more experienced contributor in return, you'd have to at least think about it. So that would be Jordan Poole for PJ Tucker kind of situation. Obviously, you'd have to get other contracts in there, but in the construct of this trade, you'd have Andrew Wiggins and his, you know, $30 million salary, $29.5 million salary. Going back, you would get Victor Oladipo, who's on an expiring contract. You get Daniel House Jr., a nice two way, uh, three and D type of wing. Back, uh, he's under contract next year for about four million dollars, so a nice, you know, salary for him. Uh, and if you're the Warriors, what you would be doing here is you'd be getting off of Wiggins' long-term salary, getting a guy back in Oladipo who you you can re-sign more, maybe in line to a salary that you prefer, and then PJ Tucker, who's on an expiring contract, but you know, ostensibly you'd re-sign him as well, and then you get House to come in and fill some minutes on the wing. I don't love the trade. I think it's interesting because if you project it next season, you would basically have uh, you would have a uh, 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 Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kelly Oubre. You would have to resign him in this situation. Draymond Green, and then probably James Wiseman starting at center next year, with Victor Oladipo and PJ Tucker and Daniel House Jr. coming off the bench as sort of your top eight. Right? That would be. Your top eight, in, in addition to maybe Kevon Looney and stuff, that would be you know your top nine. That's not bad. That's not a bad top nine to have. That's experienced. There's shot creation. All those things that you're looking for. I just don't think you're getting enough value in return for Wiggins, who's been playing really well, no doubt. Uh, and and it's not guaranteed that Oladipo or Tucker would come back. And if they did come back, it's not guaranteed that you would get them for something cheaper than what you're paying Andrew Wiggins. I think Daniel House is a, ni- a fine player, but not somebody that you need to necessarily go out and chase. So, uh, interesting trade idea. Ultimately, I just don't think that it, it's it's one that the Warriors would do. They view Andrew Wiggins' upside as higher than Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker. Remember, Oladipo only had really one good season. That's what we're talking about. And he's really struggled with injuries since that season. Andrew Wiggins, say we will with him. The guy's durable. And that's going to be important for the Warriors going forward. Um, given where they're at. Uh, Before we get out of here, Kevin writes in, Hey Wes, I listened to yesterday's podcast last night, and your intro to the fake trade portion got me laughing. I was brushing my teeth and forced me to spit out my toothpaste when I heard the Sonny Weber dialogue from Draft Day. It's one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies, and that scene makes the rest of the movie worth it. In fact, it was on the evening prior on Paramount Channel, so like always, I had to watch it. I think the pancake line later in that scene is great. My friends and I use it quite often, but understand why you can't play that part. Smiley face. Thanks for the email, Kevin. Thanks for the email earlier in the show from Peter. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked On Warriors wherever you listen to the podcast. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them to wgoldberg at bayarianewsgroup.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And I'll see you here tomorrow morning for our recap of tonight's game against the Lakers.